I'm Kirby Falk, and this is the Kirby Method Podcast. This is the podcast for former athletes looking for something they love as much as their sport, whether it be a career, hobby, side gig, or new exercise routine. This is the Kirby Method Podcast, and I'm your host, Kirby. Hi team, I'm so glad you could join us today. I'm excited to have the opportunity to speak with Emily Klopp, who's a former football player (laughs) from Stanford (laughs) University. So Emily, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm very pumped. Hopefully I can, you know, add some insight here. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure you will. I'm excited. So, um, so yeah, so like, let's just jump right in. So can you give us a little backstory of your athletic career? Sure. So I uh, grew up swimming. Uh, My mom was super adamant. I grew up in Southern California and she was super adamant that I had to be, me and my sister, to be a really strong swimmer. So I grew up on a swim team, basically. And then right around when I was 12 or 13, uh, I saw what water polo was and decided that that was way more fun than staring at a black line (laughs) and joined my first water polo team. And having that strong swimming background really did helped me um, become a better water polo player. So I played throughout high school. I played on my uh, varsity team all four years, but I also played on a club team. I even tried out for the Olympics. I got cut very early. Um, (laughs) And I then went on to play at Stanford for two years uh, where I sat the bench with Olympians. So that's basically where I got. No big deal. I mean, they were really impressive. I was just happy to be anywhere in, in their vicinity <laughs> and training with them. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. man. That was, I just, Jessica Steffens is a brick wall. I will tell you, um, trying She's, to, yeah, it's, yeah, she was counter, she was, um, center D and I was a center and she felt like I was moving a cement wall. Like I just <laughs> couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't win. And she has a silver and gold medal. So, you know, and her younger yes. sister's crushing it too. So it's just out of control. The Steffens family is out of control. Maggie yeah. Steffens uh, is yeah, it's unreal. Amazing. She's not, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping to get one or both of them on the podcast at some point. So, and we both know Jess is a good friend of both of ours. So, yep. Yep. I uh, definitely hope that you convince them because they're <laughs> awesome, both of them. So, <laughs> well, good. Okay. Well, um, I would love to jump into then our main focus for today. So I uh, got a little bit of the athletic career backstory, uh, stellar water polo player at Stanford, training with Olympians, no big deal. Uh, and so <laughs> since you've uh, retired from water polo, water polo, what's been the biggest challenge you faced in transitioning the life post-sport? Yeah, I think, um, and we may or may not have talked about this before, I think one of the big things for me was realizing that 30 hours a week was not a sustainable way of actually working out. Um, Because I think you train for so long on so many different teams and, you know, your whole life becomes about that sport that you forget that it's, you know, normal, healthy activity does not require you to, to be working out to that extent. Um, so it took me a long time to realize like having a day off was a good thing (laughs) Mm. and and working out for just an hour was very acceptable. Um, 
and that you could be very efficient with with even with that hour or half hour whatever you have as long as you you move um and you also make other healthy life choices like your diet and um making sure you're moving throughout the day whether it's just walking around or stretching you know you don't you don't have to be like high intensity hit training for forever <laughs> which is what i thought like yeah. you have to be high intensity hit training forever <laughs> yeah basically uh, i thought if you're not sweating to the point of like it looks like you went swimming then you didn't work out <laughs> it took me yeah. a long time to be like it's okay that you do yoga and you sweat a little bit but you don't have to be drowning in order to feel like you got to work out. <laughs> no, I, I hear that from a lot of former athletes. And that's something that I definitely experienced myself where I thought if I wasn't killing myself six days a week with one rest day, it right. didn't count. Um, so right. I think that's something that's really common uh, that a lot of former athletes struggle with. An interesting thing that I've recently come to um, is more because I had some lower back issues maybe two years ago, what I realized about all my working out was I also wasn't being as well-rounded as I should have been. Um, while you were playing? or while, So, like, while I was playing, I think we were just conditioning in a certain way for a certain sport, for a certain thing, right? So you're building yep. certain muscles because that's what you're going to be using. But when I got my little back injury and it took me out of doing certain things, um, I also realized that by doing that, I wasn't being as well-rounded as I should have been. So like all those years of putting in so many hours, I wasn't like building a good enough core because I was so worried about my legs, you know, and them being really, really strong and my arms and wanting to be able to throw harder, faster, or swim, you know, being able to pull faster, you know, being stronger. But I wasn't thinking like, oh, you should also have a really good center and you should have really good posture and you should have all these other things that would have probably made me an even better player um and also long term help me out for things like trying to compensate my abs uh by you know using mostly legs when I do deadlifts or you know that kind of thing that I had wished maybe I was more thoughtful of uh, that I was just kind of like moving forward without asking questions about um, why we're doing certain things or what can we do for longevity necessarily. Oh my gosh, this is bringing up so many good questions uh, <laughs> and so many good things. So first I want to say, so it sounds like almost like your kind of your goal, your focus change. So um, yes. as being an athlete, it's more about, should we say like the shorter term and how can I compete and, right. um, you know, play at a, at a high level. Correct. How can I be better? Yeah. Yeah. Than anyone else out there. And so your focus is like, I want to be the best at what I do. Um, and maybe some people are much better at this than I was, <laughs> but I definitely didn't think like, okay, well, you, you're putting in all this time and effort. Why wouldn't you also just like make sure you're covering everything so that after this, what, what's that going to be like? What, you know, how, how are you going to use those muscles long-term too? Yeah. So it's almost like shifting the focus or incorporating like more of a long-term holistic focus into yes. exercise earlier on. Like, it sounds like you had 
a light bulb moment while you were playing water polo to incorporate more yoga uh, and flexibility into your training. Yes. And I was near the end of my water polo career at Stanford. Okay. So that was for sure. I wish it was earlier, but that's where I was. Yeah. I mean, I wish I'd been doing yoga since elementary school and now they're starting <laughs> to put yoga in, into elementary schools, which oh, is amazing. It's great. Topic. Yeah. Um, it's great. But yeah. So like when you think about then, I mean, what did that look like when you were done with water polo uh, and you didn't have that, you know, the practice anymore? Like, did you immediately start ramping up on uh, yoga? Were you just like, as you talked about doing those like hit, like sweaty workouts, were you swimming at all? Um, Or because I know, you know, for some athletes, they just can't even look at the sport (laughs) that they were competing in for quite a while. Like what, what did that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I definitely couldn't look at a pool. I was pretty sick of being wet all the time, which is a weird thing to say, but it's exactly how it is. Um, and I think what I started doing was I would take some, um, athletic classes at Stanford, but I also was still remembering my workouts from, you know, like dry land workouts from water polo. Um, and the trainer my sophomore year was awesome. He was very into dynamic stretching and doing this like three by three matrix and doing all this stuff. So for a long time, I was just continuing essentially what I was doing, which was definitely, I don't recommend, uh, because that was training me for a very specific thing. And I don't think I understood what I was doing. Um, so after that, uh, you know, after that, I started taking more classes. Um, and I also looked, I did my very first half marathon my senior year because I thought having something to motivate me um, would kind of drive me more. Um, was there, be, was there, did you have motivation? challenges like was it hard to get up and work out hard six days a week like you were doing I think at first it wasn't and then my junior year I even studied abroad um and that kind of really got me out of working out on the regular because I was so much more focused on travel Mm. uh, because I studied abroad in my winter and then yeah which was really fun but then, uh, so like right after I was doing basically everything I used to be doing at the gym and then I kind of fell off the train, lost a little motivation, uh, put on a little weight and, uh, knew I needed something to kind of get my butt in gear. And, um, so I put this half marathon cause I have never been a runner and people were like, Oh, you just haven't run enough. You're going to love it. And so I thought, okay, well. I did all the swimming for so many years. Let's try, let's try the other sport. <laughs> try the dry land. <laughs> yeah, let's try this whole thing with the gravity and the running. Yeah, we're going to try this. And I, even after that half marathon, I hated it. I hated it every moment of it. Um, I just hate running. I really wish I didn't because you feel so good when you're done. But, man, I hate every moment of the whole <laughs> doing it. Um, and then I think it took me a long time to really find the groove of stuff again. But what really got me going was like 
having little events to look forward to and also group classes were like revolutionary to me. Mm. They really, you know, it, it, I think I really miss being on a team when you work out and you have that whole camaraderie and there's something about group classes where I don't have to think about what my workout is and I get yelled at like I used to, but you go with the same people typically over and over and over again. Um, and so when I moved to San Francisco, I found like this outdoor boot camp class and the guy was like an ex Marine who's crazy and the people were crazy, but I had so much fun. Soul cycle became a huge thing. I got really into cycling. Um, there was also a hit class with some of my, uh, old coworkers. And I, I just think those kind of saved me. Um, and they also, made me realize how quickly I could get a really good workout in in an hour and then be done. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. I just, yeah, I'm addicted. I'm addicted to not having to think about what to do. It's <laughs> really nice. I mean, I do so nice. lots of workout classes and it's a good way to mix it up. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so when did you, cause you talked about uh, you were working out pretty consistently and then you went abroad uh, and you weren't working out as much. And then when you got back into it, I guess, like, when did you make the transition from working out, you know, hard and doing more hit workouts? Like I think you said six or seven days a week to having a, I guess, a more balanced exercise routine. Like when did that happen? Like, was there a light bulb moment for you that went off or how did, what did that look like? It really happened to be honest, I think my senior year, I still struggled with how much to work out and how little to not, you know, I, I couldn't find that balance. Um, I was too consumed with being a student and I don't think I was even educating myself uh, about it, but it was actually after I graduated, um, I was looking for a job and it took me a little while and I started living at home. Um, and I got really into this yoga class, uh, again, yoga, love yoga, I love yoga. Uh, but this teacher was like, she was a huge light bulb for me. She would always, um, have these little sayings and phrases and stuff, uh, in class and like intentions. And it just, I think made me more thoughtful about what I was doing, Mm. um, And so I had this period of time where I was home um, looking for jobs and doing all this stuff. And having this yoga class was like, it was just, it just was so good for me. Um, And I started seeing that I didn't have to quite do as much as I thought I needed to do in order to feel like that, I, I guess, you know, maybe... I haven't said it, but there's like that angst, you know, when you've, when you've been working out really, really hard and you like let it all go. And then I feel like you get used to working out all the time to release all this energy Mm -hmm. and you don't know how to do it. And it comes in weird waves. Um, And then when you work out, you like release that energy. And I feel like this yoga class just showed me such a calming way of getting all that angst out Um, and it didn't have to be, um, it didn't have to be crazy intense cardio or crazy intense swimming sets or crazy intense, whatever, 
And that made me start thinking about things a lot more of like there are other options for working out too. Um, mm, so really like working out and exercising really helps you release energy and yes. like work through, you know, stress or angst that's coming up. Yes. Uh, and then it sounds like there was like a gradual light bulb with that yoga class that hey, I don't need to do really intense cardio or HIIT workouts to get that that same release. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it was a big it was a big one. This woman, I would go to her, I was like a, a almost like a cult follower. <laughs> and I started, <laughs> I actually got my sister and my mom both into yoga because of this woman. And what a wonderful gift. She oh, she was great. The intention thing really was good for me. But she also did this great thing of, and I feel like this is, most things should be like this. She'd walk you through a pose and she she would really like be like, okay, if this is where you're at, that's great. But if you think you can go on, here's the next step. And then she'd do that through the, it's like she'd really take you through the whole thing so you could see where you were trying to graduate to. Um and then, you know, if you take your class long enough, you could see how well you were improving over time. Like the first time I could do a chaturanga, I was like, oh, my God, this is magical. Um, and I just like I, I almost wish that sports would also be like, see, this is why you're doing this. So you could get to here. Like this is where you're at. And that's great. But we're going to get you here. Like I do. You, you know what I mean? I don't know if that's coming across. Say more about the analogy to sports. Like, I think, I I guess I just, I always just like played water. You like, for me, water polo is like, you just play your heart out and you don't really think, you're like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to move, mm-hmm. uh, you know, move up, move up, move up. And this was like, it was like, you're okay as you are right here. You know, this is where you're trying to get, and this is how we're going to get you there. But you have to, like, kind of, like, get, you know, it's okay to recognize you're not right there yet. Um, but you're good as you are. Look at how far you've already progressed. Like, you've, you know, I don't know, are you growing up, oh, right? Yeah. No, like, I, you're like, oh, yeah. I haven't done very much with sports. But, like, I look back, I played varsity my freshman year. Not many people, not that my team was great, but, like, I played every game my freshman year. Um, my coach even told me, he's like, you're going to have to man up. He literally was like, you're going to have to man up and realize that you have to play every game from here on out. We're not giving you any more rests after your freshman wow. year. And I was like, oh, what are you talking about? And then, you know, sports can be very political. And I, I tried out for my zone team and people couldn't believe I even, I made it as an alternate. Um, but then another team needed uh, another individual. So I got to go and try out for the Olympic team. That was when I realized I did not want it as nearly as bad as the other girls. And I also was not quite as good as the other girls, but that's fine. <laughs> but it's like you look back and you go, I did accomplish a lot. Like, I don't have a gold medal. But, you know, I can, I played and I trained and I worked really hard. And I was training with people who were at that level. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. Like, I did do good things, even if I wasn't the best but it's always good to be like, oh, yeah, this is your journey. You know, like this, look at how far you've come on top of like, this is where you're trying to go. Like, remember both, you know? Well, I think you're hitting on a really big point that I 
uh, hear from other former athletes and experience myself where I felt like at least in my sports career, you're so heads down and it's just go, go, go. Like I just, I gotta get better. I gotta get better. I gotta get better. There's no, there's little acknowledgement of where you are and like the accomplishments, um, that you've achieved or just understanding, like having respect for where you are in that moment. And I think that's something that's very, that I felt my soccer experience, that was very contradictory to my yoga experience, which is all about focusing on like accepting and, and loving and respecting where you are in this present moment, that doesn't mean you can't work towards goals and towards things because you continue to work towards those things. But those things, and I'm curious what your thoughts on this, like those things don't define you per se. Like I'm not defined as someone who can do a headstand or not. And I feel like for my experience in soccer, you're so, it's all about just getting to the next thing, getting the next thing, you know, in terms of um, scoring more goals or, you know, getting, that, that Pac-12 championship or making the Olympic team um, that, and I felt that my, at least my identity was very grounded in that. Like that's who I felt like I was. Um, and so like, it was important to keep going, going, going. So I didn't fall behind. Right. Uh, how does that land with you in terms of, I guess the identity piece and, and I guess the analogy just made between, you know, sports and then, yoga yeah I mean uh, this and you said it way more eloquently than I did I don't know that that, no that was exactly what I was going building on what you said (laughs) it was it's it's exactly what I was trying you know I think for me along a lot of my confidence and and high school came from sports because I was a good athlete there um I was somebody people depended on on my team and I I am definitely a very team-oriented person, so to be needed just, like, pushes me to be better and to be stronger and to, like, like, I'm, there's an innate feeling in me of, like, mama bear, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and when somebody relies on me, it's like, all hell's gonna break loose to make this accomplish what you want, and I don't know where that comes from, but it's just how I'm driven, and, um, the big thing for me was transitioning from, you know, high school and club sports going into Stanford is you're at a whole nother caliber of, of people and levels. And I was no longer needed. You know, I was, I could keep up sometimes I could play. Um, but I wasn't, it wasn't like the team was depending on me to go out there and, you know, they were depending on me to, you know, keep up and, and, um, be part of the team and, you know, run the plays and do that sort of thing. But it wasn't like, oh, we're depending on you solely to, to get us through this. And, um, I think also because the level of athlete was just so much higher, um, not feeling like I could be as needed as, as they wanted, um, or that I wasn't absolutely necessary to the team because everyone was all-star players, you know, and beyond. It was a pretty big blow to my confidence for a long time. Um, I had, I think, some deep ties with that 
in high school that in college I had to learn um, that I couldn't make water polo a part of my identity. Uh, Like it could be something that I did, but it, it shouldn't define my success. And I think also Stanford, because not only athletically are they a different caliber, the mentally too, um, was a big thing. So I feel like I got abused my first two years trying to figure out who I was and being confident with who I was and not hiding behind athletics or books or whatever to like be like, oh, this is, um, I, you know. Don't know if I'm saying what I'm trying to. It's like, yeah, I couldn't hide. You know, I'm like now I have to actually become a person. I can't just like hide behind student and athlete and whatnot. It's like, who do you want to be and who are you trying to be? And um, also learning that even if you're not the best, you're still worth worthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that's that's what I'm trying to say (laughs) well yeah I mean it sounds like your transition's interesting because you went from being one of the best in high school to then having a different role in college and then ultimately transitioning out of sport so it's almost like you kind of got a head start before officially retiring uh, from water polo in terms of grounding or anchoring your confidence and identity in something else besides water polo Um, yeah it definitely kind of pushed me in the like you remember you can be any anything else too you know Um, you don't have to just be an athlete to be successful Um, yeah and how did you I mean so how do you define success now like what like talking (laughs) about moving from you know, not grounding your confidence and who you are in sports or books. And what has that shifted to? I mean, I'm still working on it, to be perfectly I think we honest. all are. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, because that's a big question. <laughs> that's a really big that's question. That's a big question. I think now my focus is more, you know, again, finding that team-oriented. I love being a huge contributor. Uh, I like being a go-to person. Um, So like a big, I think for me professionally, what I look for is being a good contributor, uh, being somebody that people can rely on, that they enjoy working with. Um, I think ultimately what I would really love to do, what would define my success is uh, there's a couple things uh, I'd love to try to get more ladies into science and I love that. Um, engineering. So I've been volunteering more um, and trying to give back to that community as much as I can um, when, where I can. Uh, and then um, I also, I guess that like my main vision would be at some point, being again the mama bear of a team um but also just like growing people in their prowess and what we're doing um professionally um you know seeing little engineers accomplish things i just remember at gopro i got to have some i got to have an intern and then 
um, I ran like little things for all the interns and just seeing them grow in their own professions. Like I feel like I got to help there in some way, um, spread the knowledge and make them bigger engineers. Um, Mm -hmm. and I love that stuff. Like to me, that's successful. If somebody can learn from me and be even better than I am. Um, Cause we're all just trying to be the best versions of ourselves. So I look for those opportunities as much as I can and try to grow into that as much as I can. Um, and then I think, I think as a kid, you know, I think it's always really good to dream big. My biggest thing is I would love, you know, I one time read this article about an architect and why he became an architect. And his big thing was, Uh, I just wanted to build something that outlasted me and I that's always really stuck with me I know it's very broad and I haven't figured out how I'm going to do that but I I just love the idea of building something that can outlive me and be sustainable and I contribute in making the world a little bit better from it that would be my biggest goal (laughs) It sounds like you're already do, starting to do that with your work back to the community and um, helping females and, uh, you know, interns. Uh, as much as I can, you know, you got to You just got to give back good. The world's been good to me. You got to make sure to give back, make the yeah. world a little bit better. Yeah. Well, I think that's just, you know, I guess let me know how this, this lands with you. Uh from my perspective, when we grow up and we're playing sports and we're going to school, it's a really clear path uh, with really clear goals and really clear definitions of success. And then I think it can be pretty jarring to go from that to life past that and understanding, like, you know, what is my path? And I'm used to having someone. I guess, set the goals for me or dangle the carrot in front of me. Um, And now like trying to figure out, like I'm defining my own goals and the defining what success looks like for me. And it may actually look really different than the person sitting next to me. Uh, Like we're not all going to want the same jobs or some people, um, you know, want to want to climb up the ladder at certain companies and have a certain title. And that's our definition of success. Uh, While others, it looks like very different than that. Um, how does that, I guess, land with you? It's, it's goal orienting, uh, when you're an adult and that, and you can take a hundred paths is so different, um, than you expect ever. It's just like, there's so overwhelming options of what to do in the world. I mean, it's like liberating and also overwhelming, like, mm-hmm. it's, and uh, definitely still trying to figure out how to do that. Like, life, there is no straight path, absolutely. Um, so it's pretty fascinating trying to navigate this whole thing. But the one thing that sports really does a great job is making you tough, and when you fail, trying to get back up again. You know, like. I didn't realize people could shut down um, so easy. Um, And I feel like sports really toughened me in that aspect of like, even if you miss that shot or you miss that goal, you get up and you go and you try again and you try and you try and try again until you get it. Right. Um, 
And I really like that. Yeah, it's like I I am so grateful to sports for giving me such tough skin. Um, yeah, but, like if yeah. you don't if you don't get that job or you you're like right. oh, actually like this isn't it, what I want. Right, right. <laughs> or, or you didn't get into the school that you wanted, or you 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 know things aren't planned. You know, stuff sometimes doesn't go as you plan, and you have to be able to adapt. And that's definitely another thing sports teaches you in a subtle way of like, yeah, you guys want to run this play. That's maybe not what's going to happen. Can you see the open opportunities otherwise? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think sports will does a really good job of doing that. And thinking about what we've talked today, so what would be some advice you'd have to athletes who are transitioning out of their sports careers? I would say explore other sports. Try anything else. Try try all the sports that you meant to try um, until you find what you like, until you find what works for you. Um, but also don't be afraid, you know, like try try the... Try the less, uh, what you think is less difficult sports too, you know, like Pilates or yoga or something like that, because it might open you to a whole different world. That's a big one for me. If that. Yes, it opened, yoga was a a huge surprise for me. Why do you think it's important to talk about athletes transition out of their sports careers? Well, you know, I think when you've played sports for so long, it's like losing an identity. I mean, that's what it feels like. Um, And I think having open paths of how to manage and deal with that and what to look for it and and making it a more positive thing of, okay, yeah, you closed that door, but that doesn't mean you've closed all the doors. It's, I'm surprised it's the same for like retirement uh, to me why there aren't more resources for people after they've professionally closed the door. Um, Because some people crush retirement and others, it's a hard transition to make that sometimes is not always um, Mm -hmm. that, that I wish there was just more support for. Uh, And especially when you're young and there's plenty of opportunity to do that. Uh, that there's so many options still available to you outside of athletics. Um, Or maybe you even try other athletics and then you become a different type of athlete, whatever it is. Um, I I think it would make people balanced much and happier more long-term, I think. Yep. Yeah. Great. Okay. We're going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions. All right. Are you ready? Hit me. <laughs> okay. Uh, first one, who is an inspirational role model for you? Well, okay. I have a lot of them, but I would say I really love bad girl Riri, Rihanna, because <laughs> she is the epitome of being true to herself uh, loving herself as she is, taking no shit from no man, excuse my language, and she's like a huge contributor to her community. She does a ton of volunteer work for her hometown, puts lots of money back in to help those who can't, um, 
And so I'd say she is a huge, um, a huge inspiration to me, non-athlete, but still pretty amazing. (laughs) Yes, you don't have to be an athlete to be amazing. Yes, that's that's true. Uh, Okay, what role do sports play in your life post-sports career? They don't play as much as they used to. Uh, I mean, I still love watching sports, um, but it's definitely being more on the sidelines and just being a big fan um, and being in awe at what athletes can do these days because I feel like they're just getting crazier and crazier. Um, But I, I would say they take... They, they take more of a backseat than they used to. I occasionally get involved in athletic events or sporting events, but most of the time I'm watching sports and then doing my own activities that are not really traditional sports related, I would say. <laughs> Good. Okay, you talked about this quite a bit, but if you had to say it in a sentence or two, how do you define success in life post-sport? I would say doing good, doing good on others and helping others be better um, is a success point for me. Um, And I think trying to define it is just a, you know, there's no right or wrong. It's okay to change what you define as success along the way. You might go down one path and realize it wasn't for you and try another until you find what that is. But I don't think, I think it's a um, ongoing an ongoing definition, if that makes sense. Um, yes. So constantly evolving. Constantly evolving. That's right. Yes. Okay. And then last question for today: How do you find inspiration? You know, it's a great. That's a great question. <laughs> um, I would say I try to find. Well, I would say inspiration usually comes if I'm grateful for things. This sounds really bizarre, but um, when That's I'm grateful for, yeah, when I'm grateful for things um, and realize how much, how lucky I am. Yes, I've worked really hard, but I've also been very, very lucky. And um, I think when I'm grateful, I and um see how far I've come I'm also inspired to just keep moving forward and doing better and better uh, and working my butt off to only keep improving myself Um, and and I would say when I see other people doing really good things in the world it definitely inspires me to try to be better you know young old whatever they're doing I, I read the skim and sometimes they highlight people who've been doing good in the world and I just like people are amazing when you really let them be as it's um there's a lot of good even if there is some evil out there right now there's a lot of good too so but you gotta you just gotta find it mm-hmm. yeah yeah well good great well I thanks hope. yeah thanks so much for joining today yeah thanks for having me Thank you.